This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The ceremony is about to begin. Happy New Year, everybody. New Year, same us. Nothing's changed, really. I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindel. He's our executive producer. Good morning, Paulie. Well, the buttons still work? Yeah. My mic still sounds like a submarine. It's fine. It's good. Benjamin Higgins, a man who needs really no introduction after the Christmas and holiday extravaganza. It's been... Just phenomenal, phenomenal to uh, to have you here with us. Good morning, Legend. Good morning. I really thought the best way to start this year might have been just to take first vacation right, right out, out of the, the shoot, right out of the shoot. But no, I I decided let's be here for the first day, hang out with my friends Woodsy and Paul for the next four hours. After the last two weeks with my family, I'm never taking vacation <laughs> again. You, I'm going to work. How many days? How many work days are there in here? Two hundred and like two hundred sixty. All right, I'm going to do two hundred and seventy shows by myself if I have to. It's not a vacation. That's not a vacation. My kids were out of school. That's not a vacation at all. I'm not recharged. I'm worse than when I left. I'm way worse. Way worse. To wake up every. I love them. Oh, you guys know I love my kids. I love them. But the four of us all in a house. And on planes and traveling, it's not a vacation. I'm not recharged uh, in the slightest. But we hey, are here. Your boy had a great time. I bet you did. I bet you're feeling great, Polly. I bet you're feeling so really, refreshed. really refreshed and fantastic oh. and, and ready to come out of the uh, the gate firing today. But I, uh, I'm not. I'm not. I love them. I do. But I was ready to. I got up at three o'clock this morning. It was like, all right, let's get this thing going. So. 
Uh, man, it is, it's great to be back with you guys. Um, certainly, we got to hang out a little bit over the break, played a little golf together, um, which was a lot of fun. It just, um, I hope everybody had a, a nice holiday season, a nice New Year's. You know, I hope I didn't, I hope you didn't get too hammered and still recovering. Be careful out there this morning. It's very wet. It's very slick. Uh, let's not start 2023 with, you know, some of our tier ones getting in, in accidents or anything like that. It is, it's nasty out there. But, uh, walked in this morning for the first time in a couple of weeks to the Odyssey Empire uh, building. And I will say, uh, right out of the chute, we are already off and running uh, here at Odyssey. I walked in. I bring this big jug in every morning, a big, giant, 64-ounce jug. And as I was leaving the house, now we have the uh, the water filter at home. And I thought to myself, there was a swallow of water left. I thought, should I fill it up here? We're going to put that on mute, Polly ASAP. Little, vibra- little vibrate action or something. Um, the wrong button. That's fine. So I, I thought to myself, I was walking out the door. Maybe I should just fill up here. And then I thought, well, no, we have one at work, right? The water machine. There's one here. I don't need to fill up here at home and waste my water when I can get Odyssey's delicious cold water here on the house. So I drove to work and I walked in. It's the first thing I do every day is I. Click the old tab and wait. So I put it up there and I was waiting. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> so I walk up and I look and I go, oh, it's not working. Look behind to make sure it's plugged in. It's plugged in. I'm like, what in the world is going on? No water. So then I panic because, I, like I said, I had a swallow of water left. So I call Polly. Yo, where are you? He's like, I'm seven minutes away. I go, I need you to hit a 7-Eleven. I need you to bring me four giant bottles of water. We're out. We're out of water here at Odyssey. Now, I, when I grew up, and probably when you grew uh-huh. up as well, I got my water from just the tap. out of the tap. Yes. Like, that's where drinking water came Imagine from Imagine drinking from the kid. tap in 2023. <laughs> Imagine. What would you do? What would you do if you had to? What are we... We, we're not savages anymore. We don't have to drink out of the tap, the hose. Just go out in the backyard and fill yourself up a cup of water, pal. We used to have a um, a sink that the, the water kind of came out like a drinking fountain. Yeah. I just drink it like a fountain. <laughs> right of, I used to do that at school, the drinking fountain. Of course. Water well, basically the hose straight from the tap. Hose. <laughs> we have a drinking fountain out there. It says, okay to fill. Not okay to put your mouth up next to it. I don't know if that's COVID I think that was rules. a COVID rule, yeah. So I'm not drinking out of any of that. So we're out of water here at Odyssey. But is it because the water tastes worse now than it did, or does it taste the same and we've just evolved and and we just can't stand now the taste of tap water because we've gotten so used to bottled water and filtered water. For me, I think it's the cold. I think I need the cold. That's what I want more. If the water tastes like crap, but it's cold, I can still get it down. And don't get me wrong. I can't I can't drink tap water anymore either. No. I mean, it has to be. We have a tank that is actually delivered by a company every month yeah. in a truck. And, and you load a in. a tank in a garage. Yep. Actually, we, we don't have the, they don't give us the big bottles. They actually just fill it with a giant hose from the truck into a big tank in our garage. And then we use that to fill our bottles and things for drinking water. Yeah, absolutely. So we are out of uh, water here at Odyssey. And I know what is happening right now. I guarantee you our bosses are listening, and they're rolling their eyes going, oh, look who's back, Elton John, uh, Mariah Carey, who wants his water again. Adam on the phone to Michael, hey, it's me. It's Woods again. <laughs> well, what now? Well, 
He wants water now. There is, though, a ping-pong table. We don't have water, but there is a new ping-pong table here on the sales floor. And I've told you my ping-pong theories in the workplace. It's not a rec center. So if I walk back there and I hear, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose my mind. Just so you know, if I'm back, hey, we need to talk about the Benham Woods Open. Yeah, hang on. I'm gonna I'm gonna flip out. I'm going to flip out. I cannot handle it. That's hey, the, look at us! What do we Google? That's we got a, a, we got a ping pong table that's tech, now. Tech companies, in a nutshell, they've got all kinds of entertainment uh, on the, the floor. Fix the app first, then get a ping pong table. Once the app is working, then you can get a ping pong table. You can get a dartboard. You can get a card table. Whatever you want. Shuffleboard. Yeah, shuffleboard. <laughs> whatever you want. Put a bowling lane in for all the Give me water. Give me what? Oh, God, Paulie, the sound of it. I told you I almost lost a job over ping pong one time. I was in sales, and I was at my cube, and they had, of course, the giant sales floor, and no one had an office. It was all cubed. And I'm sitting there, and I'm trying to call on local businesses. And these two dip S's behind me are the whole day. And I just finally go, hey, it's enough. And my boss flipped out. She flipped out. She was going to fire me for, for you know, yelling in the office. And I said, you're mad at me for trying to do my job. I've got a ping pong challenge going on behind me. <laughs> so we do have that here in case you need it. I can't fill my water bottle with ping pong balls, though, because that's not going to do me any good. So you can tell uh, we're already off and running in 2023. All, all I can say is that is a... <laughs> horrific omen because you have a bad experience with that we all have a bad experience with that at our old station yes oh they, my god they, they brought in they brought it in towards the end of that station's when, lifetime when the station was crumbling and i mean these guys hey man what'd you sell last month uh, about three hundred dollars what we're gonna go under but you're playing ping pong right now what is happening <laughs> Uh, like I'm concerned oh. that the uh, the key cards won't work in about two weeks, I'm, dude. I'm right now, there. Now with that you. there's a, now that there's a ping pong table the, here, <laughs> check out this nasty spin serve that I got going. Now. Yeah, hey, we're all out of jobs, but watch this. It's gonna make me insane. It's going to make me insane, and I'm telling you, it's the kind of thing that I hate when it's done to me, but. It's definitely something I would use to throw it in somebody's face. If something gets screwed up with like the Ben and Woods Open, it's hundred percent what me that will totally be like, "Hey, cool man, at least you got your ping pong strokes in." Uh, it's I will totally do that, and I know that's not right of me. If you don't turn that off, I'm going to fly across the room. <laughs> I'm going to choke you out. God. It's going to be a broken in half ping pong table. Just really, just, just really thirsty and annoyed because of ping pong. So that, that was our uh, that was our welcome back this morning at Odyssey. It's good. Uh, it's good to be back. No, it's a it's a massive year. It's a massive massive year. Um, Padres. It, it's going to be so much fun. I'm champing at the bit. As Ben told me, that's the proper way to say it. I'm champing at the bit to get this thing rolling, man. I really am. We've said it at least once, maybe even twice in the last four years. The most anticipated Padres season maybe of all time. It's got to be. This has to be, has to be number one, right? 
My our boss, our boss texted me already 10 minutes into 2023. Busting my balls in 2023. I will figure out the water issue. Thank you, my friend. It's fine. I've got Polly to just truck in cases of smart water. Uh, it's not. What's great, though, Polly, is that we're so close now. I mean, we're you know, yes. a couple of weeks. You guys are going to be out at fantasy camp. We'll talk with all kinds of Padres legends. And then spring training We'll just be about three weeks after that, and we'll be good to go. See Bananas, some of this, man. You know, new new players like Xander Bogarts coming in. Matt Carpenter will talk about the moves that uh, happened while we were gone the last couple of weeks. It, obviously, it, it turns out being just a few games away from the World Series really <laughs> extends, or I should say, shortens that off season. Yes, and then you have the NFL got extended by a week. The Super Bowl is a little bit later than normal. There was always that like two dead, to three week period dead zone between the Super Bowl. And the hangover from that, and then you're like, oh, my God, we have two more weeks until pitchers and catchers report. Like, this year, it just feels like a breeze. And I'm like, well, we were playing meaningful baseball in the late October. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. I let's get used to let's that. Let's keep that rolling because, again, yeah, you get the holidays thrown in there, and you don't feel you don't feel like there's this giant lag. Also, by the way, the World Baseball Classic is going to be going on, too. That's meaningful baseball. Now, I don't know if everybody in our audience is all the way on board with the WBC, it certainly feels different having a team that's in contention and knowing four at least or five guys are going to be going out and giving, I'd say, max effort, right? Like, in that, it makes me a little nervous. Conversely, though, what it does for me is I go, oh, cool, you'll be game ready by the time that the real games start as long as you don't get injured. So we'll all be watching that. But that's real baseball, man. That is like those guys play with so much pride for their country, uh, and that that really gets me excited, too. So barring any injuries or anything like that, yeah, like I'm all in favor of that. So all that's in the next, you know, six weeks or so, which is going to be fantastic. We'll spend some time going through uh, all of it this morning as we just kind of get caught up. And we wanted to certainly start with our our foreplay and Woods's water and ping pong complaints <laughs> before we got into the the more serious news. And obviously we saw it. Everybody oh, saw it Lord. last night. On Monday Night Football, I'll say right away, um, he, he remains in critical condition. Demar Hamlin of the of the Buffalo Bills. Yep. Uh, there are at least a, a few encouraging signs that we've heard overnight, but nothing definitive, nothing uh, uh, official from the hospital or anything. But uh, he did suffer a cardiac arrest. We'll talk about what we all saw, witnessed just horribly last night on Monday Night Football. Uh, get into that coming up, and then we'll talk some Padres baseball, everything that went on while we've been gone. And, uh, you know, we've got our regular features like Take on Woods, Don't Do This, all coming back to start a new year in 2023. So glad that you're spending it with us. So glad to see you guys back together in studio going until 10 o'clock this morning, starting the new year right here on San Diego's number one sports station. Let's get our first check of traffic. Kelly in this morning here on 97.3, the fan getting it started right. Hand, forehand, backhand. Please stop. I'm begging you.
Your selection, yeah? Yeah. Not a dedication. Just so you know, just <laughs> clear. That's not the thing. <laughs> the theme is shout-outs to our wives. <laughs> no, that is not the theme this week on the Daily Diddy. No confusion there. The theme is um, in with the new for the new year. Casey Bands that we have yeah. never picked for a Daily Ditty before. Ooh, I like that. We have never had an ELO, Electric Light Orchestra, selection so on the Daily Ditty. Very solid. It's a little yeah. harder to come by. No now. doubt. We've had so many of them, but I, I looked it up and never once ELO picked. Beautiful. So. It's a great theme. I like the Evil Woman, my favorite ELO song, so here it is. So good. Really, that's the reason I picked it. My dad saw him in concert years ago and still raves about ELO. Uh, they put on just as good a, a show as anybody around, I think, at the time. So great, great pick. Way to uh, get us going with the Diddy. Love the Diddy. I'm glad it's back. Me too. You know what? I know New Year is kind of your like, okay, let's new resolutions. Right. We did nothing. I, we, I like to bring everything back. Well, it's, we didn't. Like, we all hung out plenty, and we talked about the show, but we didn't say, like, ooh, let's have all these new ideas. The new ideas will come. That's the thing, is once you force ideas, you know, amongst each other, it's not it's not great. Uh, so they'll, they'll come. There'll be new things that we do and try. You guys know that. We're always trying to do things differently on this show. So uh, you don't want to get in a rut, but you also don't want to force anything. I love that Take on Woods and the Diddy and Don't Do This and all that. I mean, there's so much to talk about from the last couple of weeks, Benny, but... I, you know, should we start with last night? I think so. Truly frightening scene in Cincinnati uh, in the Monday night football game between the Bills and the Bengals. It had just gotten started, uh, seven to three, second possession for Cincinnati. Uh, T. Higgins, uh, a pa- quick pass. Nothing really looked out of the ordinary on the play. It was, you know, it was a hard kind of hit with Demar Hamlin yeah. of the Bills, but nothing you don't see on a football field All the time. A, a dozen times a game yeah. at least. Uh, he hopped right up, you know, like, hey, made the made the good tackle, got him down, looked excited for just a brief moment, and then we, I think most of us have seen the video. I know we had a, a debate last night. Do we show it again? What happens? It wasn't it wasn't gruesome in the way you know, like, no. oh, you know, you better avert your eyes to this sort of thing. It was just, just frightening, it, disturbing, and, and disturbing in the way he just all of a sudden you can see him lose consciousness, essentially. And fall backwards, and of course the emergency personnel quickly out of the field. And it didn't take very long to realize this wasn't 
Not that any injury is run of the mill in the NFL. They got serious things happening and guys get carted off a lot. Yeah. But you, you knew right away that there was something different about this one. The urgency of the medical personnel, the concern from both teams and players as they started kneeling in prayer and what was going on and uh, you know the, the CPR that was performed on the field. And at least at, at the latest reports, that CPR did restart his heart, which had stopped. He oh had a cardiac God, arrest on the field, mm. and they did restart his heart with CPR. I uh, got him in the ambulance to the University of Cincinnati Medical Center, uh, put a breathing tube in, but the, the at least the latest tweets from people who were uh, close to him, one of his friends, say his vitals were... Normal, back to normal. Yeah. Now they have him sedated with the breathing tube, which is also normal. Doesn't mean, uh, you know, they're they, you know he's not certainly ser- still in critical condition and things very serious right now. But Demar Hamlin, hopefully, you know, will will recover from what happened last night. And prayers from the entire football world, sports world, fans coming in from across the globe after just kind of watching. And I I couldn't turn away last night. Uh, just hoping and that you know he was going to be okay after all we saw on the field. I I had just gotten the kids out of the bath and I came back and you know Bo's a uh, he's a Bengals fan now. It's funny man. He got a bunch of Bengals stuff for Christmas and we're he was kind of into the game so I wanted to get him bathed and and back into bed and watch some of that game with them. And as soon as we came back and sat down, Benny, there was a prayer circle, and I'm like, oh no, what happened? And then I started to hear on the broadcast. The quiver voice of Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. And then I thought, well, this feels a little different than it normally does. And then they were talking about, hey, this happened 20-some-odd minutes ago. And I'm going, oh, my God, I've never seen anything last this long. Um, So I missed any of the CPR. I missed the medical staff running out, thankfully. CPR administered by the medical personnel on the field. It was feverish. Players, some were watching, some were turned away. Most were in shock. We saw players crying. It is just stunning. It was. It was absolutely stunning when I saw it, man. So I I sat and watched it like you for the next hour, hour and a half, and I watched all of those people that were um, kind of thrown into a situation that they were not ready for. But they all, to a, a man and woman, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Lisa Salter, Susie Colbert, Adam Schefter, Booger McFarland, uh, just did so well. I mean, so well, so moving. Absolutely everyone said the right thing. I know ESPN gets a lot of grief. Some of it deserved, some of it a little bit overblown. Um, they knocked it out of the park last night. Yeah, they well, really it's, did. this is not a story about sports broadcasting no. in the least. It's about the health of a 24-year-old young man, and hopefully he's going to be okay uh, certainly part of the story is kind of the decision-making process of what went on in that game, and there's been conflicting reports about did the NFL like try to get them to start to that game again in five minutes? Troy Vinson later said, no, 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 that's not, we weren't trying to do that, but it was clearly said on the broadcast a couple of times that you know it, it at least appeared as though they were trying to get those teams ready to go back onto the field, and I, I don't know if we'll know exactly what the timeline is. Ultimately, the decision was made. I don't think anyone disagrees with that. To postpone the game, they can deal with the fallout later. Yeah, either make up the game or don't make it up. Or don't. I mean, it's not it's not the end of the world if two teams play one less game and and you just base it on those standings and you go into the postseason. Both of these teams will still qualify for the playoffs. Correct. They're in. Yes, yeah, seedings could change a little bit, but it, ultimately, it's not as important as some people were trying to make it out to be. Oh, we got to get this game in. No, you don't. 
you, you don't have to get this game in. There are ways to move forward without that. But, yeah, the job that was done by those broadcasters and then afterwards um, when they, they threw it to Scott Van Pelt, who was uh, in studio in D.C. with Ryan Clark. And they said to Scott, hey, your show's starting th- three hours yep. early or and, whatever and it was. basically this is what it's about. And yeah. they, they've had to both fill that time, be insightful, but without – Without speculating, sure. without talking, you know, out of their rear ends about things they didn't know, and I thought they handled it just spectacularly. Especially Ryan Clark, he was who amazing. Had his own, you know, medical sickle cell uh, emergency that landed him in a hospital, and it's kind of a similar situation when he was a player. The perspective that he had, we have some of that. Was I mean, just absolutely spot on and needed in a situation like last night. Uh, what words can we even put to this? What, what would you I think share? The, I think the, the first thing this is this um this is about Demar Hamlin, mm-hmm. and um, it's about a young man at 24 years old that was living his dream, that a few hours ago was getting ready to play the biggest game of his NFL career, and there's probably nowhere else in the world he wanted to be, and now he fights for his life, and when Demar Hamlin falls to the turf and when you see the medical staff rush to the field and both teams are on the field, you realize this isn't normal. You realize this isn't just football. And so many times in this game and in our job as well, we use the cliches, you know, I'm ready to die for this. I'm willing to give my life for this. It's, it's time to go to war. And I think sometimes we use those things so much, we forget that part of living this dream is putting your life at risk. And tonight, you know, we got to see a side of football that is extremely ugly, a side of football that no one ever, that side of football that no one ever wants to see mm-hmm. or never wants to admit exists. When you see both teams on the field crying in that way, your first thought is DeMar Hamlin. Yep. The second thought is his family. And this isn't about a football player, right? This is about a human. This is about a brother. This is about a son. This is about a friend. This is about someone who is loved by so many that you have to watch go through this. I, um, I dealt with this before, and I watched my teammates for days come to my hospital bed and just cry. I had them call me and tell me that they didn't think I was going to make it, and now this team has to deal with that, and they have no answers. Mm-hmm. And so the next time I think that we get upset at our favorite fantasy player <laughs> or we're, we're upset that... The, the guy on our team doesn't make the play and we're saying he's worthless and we're saying you get to make all this money, we should remember that these men are putting their lives on the line to live their dream. And tonight, DeMar Hamlin's dream became a nightmare for not only himself, but his family and his entire team. I mean, that's just, uh, he just nailed it. Just nailed it. Knocked it out of the park, uh, did Ryan Clark last night. And listen, just when you think, you know, and you, you saw, t- I was, probably highlighting tweets I shouldn't have last night, but that's what I do. You know, the Skip Bayless take as I look up to my right, and there's that old windbag on TV right now talking about this, uh, probably not mentioning his awful, awful tweet last night, which we'll probably do and don't do this uh, later. You think, then you see people, you know, using it to politicize things. You're like, good Christ, can't we just, can't we just be sad for this kid? Um, then you remember there are some really nice people in the world. As you go to uh, DeMar Hamlin's Chasing M's Foundation Community Toy Drive GoFundMe that he started a couple of weeks ago, Ben, before Christmas, he had a 
$2,500 goal. Very modest goal for an NFL football player. to wanted to help out this charity, Kelly and Nina's Daycare Center in McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania. As we sit here right now, $3.5 million has been raised in this GoFundMe for this incredible, incredible uh, kid. And, and apparently, by all accounts, Correct you know. Here. He started it in 2020. Yeah, Not a couple weeks ago. It took, Shut it took up. two years to get to, you know. Did a, it really? Whatever, oh, my God. My dollars. Oh, yeah, 2020. One, Holy cow. One night to get to $3.5 million. $3.5 million organized by the one and only DeMar Hamlet. So uh, there you go, man. There, there is There is good in the world. Uh, I thought it was important we highlight that we are way late right now for the second break of the season, so uh, the uh, the new year. So let's let's take a break, and uh, we can talk about this today. There's a lot of good Padre stuff to talk about too. A lot a lot happened when we were gone. Turns yeah. out when you take two weeks off, Ben, a lot of stuff happened. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll jump into what we uh, we missed the last couple of weeks, including a couple of signings for your San Diego Padres. One of which I think could be. Perhaps the most critical addition of the offseason, and I, I know it's not Xander Bogarts, he's gonna be he's gonna be the most important player, but in terms of like where the season pivots, big signing, I thought, over the uh over the last couple of weeks. We'll get to all of that coming up with Better Woods. January, everybody, new year. Same us on San Diego's number one sports station, ninety seven three the fan. Certainly the debate will go on about safety in the NFL after last night. And, uh, you know, I don't think anything changes. It's going to be dangerous no matter what steps they take to try to, you know, make the NFL a little bit safer for players. There is always going to be some risk in a contact sport like that. I will say, though, and I saw this from some doctors and people who are affiliated with the NFL, if there's anywhere to have a major medical incident like a cardiac arrest, if you're not sitting in a hospital already, an NFL football field's a good place to do it. Yeah. Because of the amount of medical personnel, at the very least, they are well prepared in case something happens. They train every year for emergencies just in case something like this happens. And they were ready to act. They acted and hopefully, I mean, you know, prayers that they did save yeah. DeMar Hamlin's life last night. We don't know for sure yet. He's still in critical condition, but let's hope that everything 
all those preparations they made paid off and, and hopefully saved the young man's life, and he's going to hopefully be okay. I mean, he's not I, out of the woods by any any stretch of the imagination. I hope I say this the right way because I mean it in the right way. I'm so glad, and it, this, this is not about protecting the NFL or anything. This is about another human being. I'm so glad, Ben, it wasn't on some weird questionable helmet-to-helmet scene. Does that make sense? Like, do you guys know where I'm coming from there? Like, not like, oh, this is the last thing they need is more bad pub for targeting. I'm just, for the other person's sake, too, because... For T. Higgins, yeah. Yeah, for T. Higgins. I mean, he was the one being tackled, so it's not his fault either. Right, right, right. But you know what I'm saying. Like, there was a hit over the weekend. It was in one of the college football games. Receiver on the back line. Uh, near the end of, of Ohio the, State. Was it Tulane USC? Or right was that at the, the end? One? Yeah, right before the winning touchdown yesterday. Well, that one was bad. There yeah. was another one in th- that somebody threw off their back foot, almost like they were throwing it out of the back of the end zone. And the guy was on the back end, and he got drilled. And I mean, defenseless is all get out. And I saw that, and I went, Oh, man, you could have killed that guy. But again, these are two Mack trucks, you know, going at each other a lot. It's a violent sport. I'm, I'm, and again, please don't misconstrue what I'm saying that, oh, thank God it wasn't like some illegal targeting hit that could have killed this kid. What I'm saying is that would have been awful for, for the and, guy that, that did it. And we're the last, you're the last, you're not trying to protect, you have no reason I, to protect I, the NFL. I couldn't care you have less. no interest no, in them. You're I really not, don't. You're not invested in them. You're no. not going to try to go out of your way to protect them. But I think, to be fair, you know, give give some credit where credit is due for them being prepared for a medical emergency and hopefully, you know, handling it the best way they possibly could. And again, I don't I don't know the ins and outs of of what was actually happening behind the scenes. And let's be honest, nobody really does. Uh, I do find it hard to believe. That they were like, hey, you know, because didn't they announce, hey, we're going to take a five-minute break and come back? That was announced when they didn't really know what was going on. So I'm not going to drag them over the coals for that. I think once it sets in and you see the other players, there's no way those players could have taken the field. All right, Woods, we need to check of traffic. And then after traffic, if you're trying to build a World Series champion, what do you need other than a carpenter? That's coming up. Let's check traffic right now on 97.3 The Fan. Can we agree that the biggest move the Padres made during our break, I think it was a few days before Christmas, was the signing of Matt Carpenter to a essentially two-year contract. It's a deal for 2023 with a 2024 player option to likely serve as designated hitter, a corner infield, and potentially even outfield yep. option for the San Diego Padres this coming season. Kind of the last piece they needed in the lineup to potentially fill out what could be a fearsome, fearsome lineup for the Padres here in 2023. I love the signing so much. I loved it so, so much. We were but talking before the show, Paulie said there wasn't really anything major that happened that made me want to come back and jump on the air. This one did. And I know it's a small fill-out-the-roster signing, but it's one of those signings that I looked at and went, God, I love this. I love this. And let me tell you, I got two text messages the day he signed here. One was from Skip Schumacher, who's the manager of the Miami Marlins, and he said, you're going to flip out. You're going to absolutely love Matt Carpenter. You guys as broadcasters and fans of the San Diego Padres, you're going to love him. Katie Wu is the other one who covered him in St. Louis, said he will be your favorite baseball player that you've ever covered. I went, good God, all right, let's get this guy to town and uh, you know, get the, get the relationship going. I love the move, Ben, because it was inexpensive, 
He is versatile. We need left-handers in that lineup. We are so right-handed heavy. Um, and he is a true, true pro, a veteran, all of it. And he's, he can play so many different positions. And just seems like a guy that still cares very much. Revamped his entire swing before he joined the Yankees. You know who helped him with that swing? Joey Votto. Joey Votto, friend of the program, helped him get his swing dialed in. Found a little bit of a power stroke in that short right field porch. But we need Matt Carpenter to do what he's done his entire career, and that's get on base. He's at a three sixty nine OBP uh, lifetime. He's going to give you a great at bat in in four or five different positions. Couldn't be happier with this move. Now, what this move is not, in my mind at least, is a slam dunk. I, by now, you've probably looked through the numbers. The insane summer that Matt Carpenter had with the Yankees in just a hundred and fifty some odd at bats before getting injured, fifteen home runs. I mean, put up. Absolutely incredible numbers for the Yankees. Like, you can never expect him to duplicate anything close to what he did over that short sample size. You probably also know that the three seasons for that, 2019, 2020, and 2021, were really rough for Matt Carpenter. He went from an everyday key player for the St. Louis Cardinals to a guy who was pretty much on his way out of baseball and, you know, settling for a minor league deal with the Texas Rangers on a shot going, hey, I revamped my swing, give me a shot, and taking whatever he could on a minor league deal to just try to extend his career a little bit. So there's no guarantee what Matt Carpenter, the Padres, are going to get. However, I am, like you, encouraged by the kind of player, the kind of person that the Padres are getting. I like the fact that he's going into this lineup not as a guy who's going to be relied on to hit third or fourth every single day, He's exact, no. As you said, he's exactly the left-handed, on-base type of player that the Padres need. But to me, this is such a pivotal signing because if he if he hits anywhere near what he did last year and has a decent year offensively, the Padres lineup is going to be so deep, so fearsome, you know, very like 7-8 deep every single day uh, that's going to be such a challenge for opposing pitchers to face. Now, if he doesn't, they still have a big hole. You know, a designated hitter, lack of depth is going to be a problem for the Padres. To me, this is the kind of player that makes the difference, not between a playoff team and a non-playoff team, but between a World Series contender and winner and just a a run-of-the-mill playoff team. He can be that big of a difference for the Padres this season, in my mind. I think so, too. I mean, you know, obviously the bottom part of our lineup was able to carry us in some playoff games this season, and then they disappeared uh, pretty much to a man. Uh, in the very last series. And and that when you lengthen the lineup with a guy like Matt Carpenter, who again can come off the bench against a tough righty, can hit, you know, almost anybody, can work here really good A B, can play um, you know, first base, second base, third base, left field, right field, bro, that you kill for a guy like that. Even if he doesn't get a start, you know, uh until the fourth game of, of a playoff series, Matt Carpenter is going to help your team tremendously. And again, by the accounts of two people that know him one of whom played with him, the other covered him, said he is just the world's greatest teammate. That stuff is important. As we know, it's massively important to have those guys on your team. It is It is when you know you have a, a team that's challenging for something. No doubt. You can have a great guy, oh, yeah. glue, you know, glue great clubhouse guy. If you're a 75-win team, not going to make much difference. It might make it a more pleasant season with 75 wins, but it's not going to make a difference. But when you're already... You know, a 90 to 100 plus win team. Those guys can make all the difference in the world because 
it's a long season. Even when you're a great team, there's going to be lulls. There's going to be tough times, and this is the guy who can make a difference. Well, and I saw this December 20th. I think it was we were just off the air. Um, I saw this tweet. He did a little press conference. He said, quote, no disrespect to the beautiful San Diego weather, but I didn't come here for the weather. I came here because this team's got a really good chance to win a World Series. I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of something special. Talk about saying the right things uh, right out of uh, j- from Jump Street, Ben. But the other thing, too, is he does have a World Series ring. It's from 2011, but he was left off the roster. So I'm sure it's it you know probably feels like a Dodger ring to him. He wants one when he was on the field. You know, he wants a true, true, real deal um, ring, and he thinks that the San Diego Padres can give him a really good chance to get that. So I was really excited to see that move. Padres also uh, officially added Seth Lugo yep. while we were gone to, to perhaps fill out the starting rotation. And hey, one of the things you like about Seth Lugo is that he can both come out of the bullpen or start. Yep. Uh, my guess is he'll get an opportunity like Nick Martinez in spring training to win one of those you know five starters jobs. and. I would say the Padres aren't aren't necessarily you know locked and loaded when it comes to the starting rotation, even with Martinez and Lugo. Perhaps that those are the five guys that you've got going into the season. Perhaps the Padres will still need another arm, and we, you know, we've heard whispers and trade rumors that that they could still be interested in acquiring one more big arm for the starting rotation. But if you do, you have now two guys who can be you know flexible who can pitch out of the bullpen, who can pitch in the starting rotation. It's just giving Bob Melvin some more options uh, you know, out of his rotation and in his bullpen for this season. Well, and one thing, we're going to be out at spring training in, in a month or so, and one thing I want to watch is the competition. I know there's going to be a competition. Let's say they don't add another person. Let's say they don't go get Pablo Lopez from the Miami Marlins, who are going to ask a ton for, right? To see the competition for that fifth starter role between Lugo, let's say Jay Groom, let's say Adrian Morihone, let's say Michelle Baez, and and on and on down the list, um, that's going to be something that I want to keep my eye on, you know, because there's an opportunity for somebody to take that spot, I would imagine. Even though you did get Seth Lugo, there's no guarantee he's your fifth starter. Plus... Bob could Mel- be Julio Tehran. Yeah, could, could be, be Jay Groom. One hundred percent. Could be a lot of guys. Forgot about Tehran. If they if they pitch well in spring training, could get that opportunity. Now again, it's know that it's fluid. Know that last year Bob Melvin did not want to do a six six man rotation. Then he thought. Then they did it, and he went, "Oh yeah, this actually works really well." And they did it. Granted, we did run out of pitching at the end of the, the year, um, which is something I just if you're AJ Preller and you're Chris Kemp and you're all the guys that are in that front office, Ben. That's got to be priority one. Make sure that doesn't happen again. But remember, you can always add at the deadline. AJ has never been afraid to add at the deadline. So we'll see what happens. New Year's same fan hotline sponsor. All guests appear on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad fan hotline. Save money the right way with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. Visit them today in the Carlsbad Auto Mall Chevrolet. Find new roads. First chance to take on Woods in 2023 and win a getaway to the win. Las Vegas coming up next here on 97.3 The Fan.